0: Says it's a slow Wednesday. Well, we have plenty going on here in the last 24 hours or so. The news cycle refreshes itself, and we're here to refresh you with sports knowledge. We are dropping. Sports knowledge, learning you some sports here over the course of the next hour. Some
1: bombs getting dropped. Some
0: bombs are getting dropped by Tanner Hoops and John Michael Hoefling, the pride of ABC10, kind enough to give us his time on Wednesday per usual. What's up, Mike?
1: Not much, man. Uh, Not much. We do have a couple things to look out for. We've just filmed another Thursday throwdown with Mr. Nolan Kent, so that was going to actually get in the pads, so... It's going to be a good time.
0: Well, give us a preview of this. Are you, like, stopping shots? I am stopping you shots. Are...
1: <laughs> so, to help us out was uh, freshman Andre Gontus. Oh, geez. And, yeah, so I. And you know what? We each took five shots, and uh, I got to say, I did stop at least one. So, I, I did not get shut out by Gontus. Yes. He he He's he got a In fact, him. Before, before the uh, throwdown even happened, uh, Nolan came up to me and said, Andre is one of the few guys that can actually aim. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's going to be really
0: difficult. (laughs) I I, I tell you what, though. I'm excited to see this. I think it's going to be fun to watch. But if I'm picking someone to shoot at me, it's not one of the most talented freshmen in the country, (laughs) Andre Gantos, with a powerful slap shot. I'm picking, like, Tyree to be shooting at them. Well, we... Well, we wanted
1: somebody that would be like a little bit of a challenge, and you can see in the actual thing, uh, Andre definitely goes way easier on me than he does with (laughs) Nolan. So that, of course, that's going to be airing tomorrow. Uh, It's a good one. It was almost Vincent Demay, which wouldn't have been any better, but uh, yeah, they decided to let uh, Andre take shots on us.
0: I tell you what, we've got that to be looking forward to. I know what you're going to be looking forward to here in about a week and a half. Man, go ahead and say, your team goes from the (sighs) second overall pick in the draft, nine months later, they're playing for a Super Bowl.
1: Yep, second overall pick to one of the top two picks, or the bottom two picks, however you want to look at it, but it feels good, man. Um, I did say at the beginning of the uh, playoffs, I said the Saints and the Chiefs, so the two teams I was worried about. Uh, Well, and the Ravens. I was a little worried about the Ravens, but I figured on a neutral field, you know, they've already seen the Ravens once. Uh, It was going to be a little easier. And I do think the Niners didn't play to their full potential. They were also really banged up in that Mm -hmm. Ravens game. So I said the Saints and the Chiefs. And now we get the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I do think the Chiefs open up as one-and-a-half point favorites. I do. I would pick the Chiefs in that sense. I think when it comes down to it, I trust Patrick Mahomes way more than I trust Jimmy G. I'm trying to be as even keel as I can possibly be. The only way the Niners can win is uh, the time of possession battle, which is exactly what the Tennessee Titans tried to do. But... That Chiefs run defense, best in the league in the second half of the season, is going to be real tough to overcome that.
0: I tell you what, we've got a week and a half until that game. I can't wait for it. I can't wait for Super Bowl Sunday in general, but this one is going to be a really fun one. Pat Mahomes for Super Bowl, this offense for Kyle Shanahan that just keeps getting done with guys I've never heard of prior to this season or prior even to these playoffs. <laughs> it's really fun to watch, and I'm excited for it. Tell Jimmy, you what,
1: Jimmy Garoppolo going for his third Super Bowl ring. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo has did the uh, Carson Wentz method, should we say, to get his first Ooh, two rings. wow. And now he's going for his first legit that's, ring.
1: That's some, that's some heat thrown at but, Carson But is likes. it
0: false? What
1: do you mean, is it false? Is
0: it false, what I said?
1: No, it's not false. No, see? I do think Carson Wentz is better than Nick Foles, though.
0: Yeah, he is. Yeah, okay. He absolutely is. I tell you what, though... Uh, can you name the city or the fan base with the longest streak of having at least one team play for a championship every year between the NFL, MLB, NHL, and NBA?
1: It's the Bay Area. It is uh, the Bay Area. But that's not a city. <laughs> um, I know,
0: but it's, okay, we could say that New is the same way because Foxborough's technically outside of Boston. Th-
1: that's true, but I, I, I mean, if you ask anybody in the Bay Area, you could say, like, I think if you asked anybody in the New England area, they would say Foxborough's sort of... Molded into Boston, Mm -hmm. whereas like Oakland and San Francisco, they're totally different. Like the Golden State Warriors are in Oakland; Mm -hmm. they're going to move to San Francisco in a little bit, but they're way different than. But uh, it's like it'd be like, and then San Jose is way different than San than San Francisco and Oakland.
0: But it'd be like if Minneapolis was a really good sports city the wild play in st paul but we'd still count that all as a minnesota fan well base. you guys are
1: known as the twin cities
0: right right and that's what i mean in san francisco and oakland they're pretty much twin cities
1: dude don't tell that the dude the <laughs> niners fans and raiders fans hate each other same with a's and giants fans and then the sharks i mean they're totally separate from san francisco and oakland so it's a whole thing man
0: either way a bay area team has been in its league's championship every year since 2011 boston the last time they didn't have one of their teams in a championship 2014, and LA's putting together a little streak between the Rams and the Dodgers. Last time they didn't have one was 2016. So, those cities, I guess, they have it going it on. Does feel, it bases. does
1: feel a little good, and I think we have the, the Giants dynasty to uh, thank for a little bit of that. And, mm-hmm. then, of course, it was the Giants dynasty followed promptly by the Warriors dynasty. Mm-hmm. So, that, that's sort of what it came down to.
0: Sharks made a cup appearance in there. Yeah, Niners yeah, they a lost, of Super Bowls. They lost. They did, but they made an appearance, won a conference championship, and now they have a new coach. hmm <laughs> I tell you what. Speaking of sports cities, we're talking about some that have been really good lately. Well, Detroit fans are missing those kind of days, those successful days. We're going to break down this hour which Detroit sports team, the Pistons, the Lions, the Red Wings, or the Tigers, which of those four teams has the best shot at getting back to title contention? Which one is going to get back there sooner? Plus... We've got Hall of Fame action to break down. We had a brawl at the end of the Sunflower Showdown last night, which I didn't know. That's what it was called. It's Z-Day in the NBA, and we're going to play mix and match with quarterbacks. These guys could be on the move next season. Michael's going to tell me whether that would be a good fit for them or not. I'm going to give you a team and a quarterback later, on. You tell me you like it or not. Will that Sounds work good. or not?
1: I also want to toot my own horn before we start this, this, do. Before we start this show. How much did I say the, the Niners would win by last week?
0: I don't remember. I said
1: they'd win by 17. Do you have proof? Did you listen to the show from last week? <laughs> go on we'll go back back in the man, We'll yeah. Thank
0: you. There you put the plug <laughs> in. Toot the old horn. Oh, then I'm going to trust you for your Super Bowl pick here coming up. Tell you what, though. Looking at, well, let's start right here with what happened last night at the end of the Kansas-Kansas State basketball game. I didn't know it was that big of a rivalry, but we saw Silvio D'Souza uh gloat over a Kansas State player in the closing seconds after a layup attempt. And that incited the Kansas State players to come to their teammates' defense. It started a full-on brawl. Punches were thrown. D'Souza lifted up a stool he was going to strike somebody with as that spilled into the crowd. It got in the student section. There were cheerleaders actually involved in the fight. It was just insane, and it was... Incredible. Incredible? You're one of those people who likes those fights?
1: Uh, Dude, if you could promise me that every single game would end with a brawl like that, I would be a season (laughs) ticket holder. Um, I mean, obviously it's not good for the players, it's not good for the brand or whatnot, but definitely there are people that enjoy it, and it's one of those things where... Uh, The NHL, I don't think, is as fun without – they're they're trying to limit Mm -hmm. fights now, and it's just – that's what made it so great is that people could go after each other, and there would be people who went after each other, and then when they were in the box for five minutes, they'd be talking about workout plans for the summer. So it never (laughs) meant any ill intent (laughs) in the NHL, at least. Moving back to college basketball, obviously it does mean a lot of ill intent, but that's what makes rivalry so great, right? Yeah, the ill intent toward each other. That's what mm. makes it amazing.
0: It was like an hour trip for Kansas State to get over there. It was supposed to be an early night. It ends with probable suspensions coming. I can't think of someone who's going to get hit more, uh, but you know, harder, though, than Silvio Souza. Honestly, I'm not shocked if he's gone from the team. Because keep in mind, he was part of that whole Adidas scandal with the wiretaps with Kansas. They've won games without him before they will win games without him I mean if he's gonna pick up a stool and try to beat another player and cause a brawl when you're up 21 in the final second of the game you don't need him you don't need that guy on your team
1: that will uh, yeah that will make a hu- that will play a huge part in the or how Kansas uh, is going to uh, adjust that how they're gonna Take this one. A stool's a little far. You
0: think? I mean, he looked like he was going to go straight WWE on this guy. A
1: a stool's a little far. (laughs) You know, punches and stuff like that, you can defend your teammates. You can uh, defend yourself. You can go after people who are taking down your brothers. But a stool, come on. That's a little far.
0: I was listening to the Kansas broadcast, their final call of that game, and it sounded like they were calling a boxing match. It was actually nicely done as far as the call goes. I appreciate that from a play-by-play standpoint on Learfield. But I tell you what, D'Souza, I'm not shocked if he's gone from the team. And honestly, I might be upset if he's not. I mean, that seems like what you should do is cut ties with someone at that point. If not, suspend him virtually for the rest of the season. We're already into late January. I mean, this is warranting... They're harsh, man. I'm just saying that what he did is warranting at least a 10, 15-game suspension. Pretty well, much I think, the, I think the, fact anyway. that, the
1: fact that the Adidas thing also happened, too, I mm-hmm. think that that's definitely going to play a part. Right. Um, yeah, like I said, stools a lot. That's way more... Okay, yeah, I can see it. I can see them getting rid of him.
0: I tell you what, though, I love that name, the Sunflower Showdown. Did you know that's what the name of the no, Kansas K-State rivalry I didn't
1: know until the Auburn... Uh, kick return that it was called the iron bowl
0: you didn't no back in 2013
1: Did, yeah I, like i've said on the show before but just i don't follow college sports as closely as i follow other sports mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah kansas city k-state that's not one of the renowned rivalries either in college sports so the sunflower showdown nah never i've heard of it.
0: I, I have this list in front of me of other rivalry names that you might not <laughs> know about bless you. you other names that you might not know about but are great. Fresno State and San Diego State is the battle for the oil can. SMU and TCU is the battle for the iron skillet. You have the moonshine throwdown between Western Kentucky and Marshall. Like that one. Hmm. Moonshine throwdown. This one might be my favorite, though. Eastern Washington and Portland State play for the damn cup. D-A-M? D-A-M. It's a double entendre because you can almost... I don't know, swim, I guess, between the two campuses. There's a river that almost takes you directly campus to campus with a dam on each end. So it's a double oh. entendre called the Damn Cup. Wow. How about that? That's really cool. That's, uh, those are some other rivalry names you might not know about because I had no idea it was the Sunflower Showdown before last night, but
1: I like that. As long as no, none of them take Thursday Throwdown, I'm cool. <laughs>
0: I wonder if anyone else does a Thursday throwdown out there. Nope. 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 No one. Is it trademark? Just me.
1: What? Is it trademarked? Soon to be. You better get Patent. on that. The patent's coming. Same with Monday Minute.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, before we hit the break, a few other things that you might have missed, but we got to touch on. Man, the Atlanta Braves are making moves, I guess, if you want to say Felix Hernandez at this age is a move. Nah. They but Marcel Ozuna is is one year, $18 million. They signed him last night. Ozuna one year, is going I help. hate
1: one-year deals, I know, man.
0: I know. but You're literally playing for
1: a championship this exact year, and if it doesn't work out, you're in the hole. Sign him to a longer-term deal. I'm sorry. Just do it.
0: Honestly, though, they might be the favorites in the NL. I'm not sure it's the Dodgers anymore. I'm not sure
1: it's the Braves in general. I mean, who really? do the Braves have on that staff? They have Soroka, mm-hmm. Fultonevich, Yep, Tehran. Yep. Like, that's fine, but it's not anything elite, I don't think. You need a Scherzer, you need a Strasburg if you want to make it to the World Series and if you want a chance to win the World Series. So I don't think they have that go-to guy right now, and that's the one thing I think they need.
0: They're in a weird position because I think they could make a case to be the favorite in the National League, and I think you could make a case for two, maybe three other teams in that division to win that division, which is weird. Don't say the Phillies. think I- <laughs> I they might have a case. I'm saying
1: no. Nah, as long as they have Bryce Harper, it ain't gonna work. Yeah, but
0: they have J T. Realmuto. Oh, I like Realmuto. I like Hoskins. I I like know you Hoskins. Do. We got uh, Aaron Nola out there. I,
1: I I just don't. As long I will to this day until Bryce Harper wins a championship, <laughs> I will say no team with Bryce Harper can win the championship. So the Phillies screwed themselves for 12 years.
0: I don't think they're going to make the postseason. I did my way-too-early baseball postseason projections about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I have Atlanta winning that division, edging out the Mets because of their pitching.
1: The Mets? I think huh? the Mets
0: will get in as a wild card along with the Reds. Mm,
1: the Mets is a very risky pick But their
0: their pitching staff. The
1: Reds I can see. The Reds I've always been. They, mm-hmm. they were very hot and cold last year. If they can put it all together, I could see that one.
0: I don't think the Nationals are getting back to the postseason, honestly.
1: Why, do you think the loss of... uh, Rendon.
0: Yeah? Yeah. The pitching staff will still be great, but they don't have anyone who can protect Juan Soto in the lineup the way that Rendon did.
1: Not the way that Rendon did, but there's still a lot of protection in that. There is, but
0: they spent so much money this offseason. Only the Yankees and Angels spent more money this offseason, and the Nationals really didn't get better from last year's team. Very true. I just, I don't know that they get back there this year. The Mets, though, a full season with that pitching staff, I think will be enough to at least get a wild card. If they could stay healthy. By the way, a couple other things to update you on. This whole thing with Antonio Brown just gets weirder. Apparently, his trainer's been arrested. There were cops outside his home yesterday. Involved in some domestic. Um, I, I, I guess it's not domestic in regards to uh, anyone within his immediate family, but domestic in the sense that the assault took place in his home. I, I don't know what's going on with him anymore, but.
1: It doesn't matter. And, at this and point. it doesn't
0: end either. It no. really doesn't end. Did you see uh, the New York Giants are filling out their coaching staff, and they are... <laughs> Jason Garrett. Yep, Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchens. Anybody else that got fired this year won a job? It's incredible. The, the Dave Gettleman must be protected at all costs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his pressers are worth it alone. Did you
1: see what the 2020 draft is going to look like? A little bit. It annoys me.
0: Like a mock draft, you mean?
1: No 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 no. The uh the what it's gonna be like in Vegas.
0: Oh yes. they're having it on the water. Is that real? Are they really boating the They're gonna have, have it on up the, up the up waters to the
1: stage? Uh, they're gonna boat the players onto the stage. That's so dumb and I hate it.
0: You know what's my vote is if the fans boo their pick, they don't like it, then you tip the boat over. Then he goes <laughs> in the water.
1: If the fans don't like the pick, they just start the Bellagio Fountains on the stage.
0: Daniel Jones would have just been drenched if that would have happened. Oh, yeah. Chris oh, Stops, yeah. And is I imagine that band. whoever
1: the Lions pick at three because Chase Young's going to be gone, <laughs> uh, they're going to get booed too. So.
0: Lions will probably trade out of it.
1: Honestly, I-, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. And I don't mind it because outside of Chase Young, there isn't really anybody that stands out to me as no. like a must-have player. No.
0: No, and the Giants at number four, they very well could trade out because I saw a mock draft that said they're going to take A.J. Epinesa, who would be the next best edge rusher after uh, Chase Young. He's so far away from I know Young, he though. is. I know he's not worthy of the number four pick. I would say he goes eighth, ninth, tenth, something like that. That's
1: the thing, man. Like I feel like the talent just isn't there this year for the draft. No. So I think teams that don't get Chase Young and don't get the quarterback they want are just getting screwed out of the out of the talent this year.
0: Whoever gets to go get coached by a special teams coordinator, Freddie Kitchens, Jason Garrett, Brett Bielma got added to the staff yesterday. It hurts. Uh, Jerome Henderson was a former Atlanta Falcons pass game coordinator on defense. He was a defensive passing game coordinator, and the highest that his defense ranked while he was in Atlanta was 21st. And Joe Judge said, this is my guy. And
1: The funny thing is, the two coordinators, the two good coordinators for both Super Bowl teams remain without a head coaching gig.
0: How about that? Wow. Yeah. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take our first time out. When we come back... Why is Derek Jeter not unanimous? And why are we talking about that more than the fact that he is into Cooperstown? Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's
1: live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. John Michael Hoefling, with you. Glad that you're along. We woke up today with a couple of new members into baseball's Hall of Fame.
1: Not the members I wanted.
0: No? not No? Well, I mean... I
1: wanted Jeter, obviously. Did you want Larry Walker? And I could
0: Who didn't want Larry Walker?
1: I guess. Come I mean, on. like, I guess. But, uh, yeah, obviously, you know that I want Bonds and Clemens in there. And mm. I know you don't want Bonds and Clemens no. in there, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> Bonds, the sultan of shot. The, the, the sultan of SWAT, <laughs> dude. Of the, shot.
1: Of everybody who was on the Hall of Fame ballot this year, if Bonds had a 0 for 600 season, his OPS would still be full 50 points higher than anybody else on the Hall of Fame that's great but he year.
0: cheated to get there
1: I, I do not care yeah, you should put care. him on there Roger Clemens oh and that's Barry right Bonds. you're the
0: steroid sympathizer of Roger our Roger
1: Clemens and Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame they should <laughs> just, even if they didn't take steroids they'd still both be in the Hall of Fame just put them in the Hall of Fame
0: they probably would but the fact is they did it's like the same thing put with Pete Rose, Rose used in the Hall of the Hall fame fame the, too uh, there you it. go do put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame absolutely I'm okay with Pete Rose being in there I tell but you he what, cheated, though. too. He broke the rules. Well, he didn't cheat to get an advantage over an opponent. Like, his cheating didn't affect the outcome of a game. Hmm. That's, what I, that's what's most important to me. That's why I have such a big problem with the Astros, maybe with the Red Sox, and with guys like Bonds and Clemens. Put them in the hole. <laughs> Kurt Schilling looked like he was going to make it, and the early returns yesterday, and he misses the cut. He probably gets in next year, though.
1: Yeah, he'll probably get in. I'm not sure if people are just avoiding him, like because he definitely deserves it based mm-hmm. on his stats and his achievements. But I don't know if people are uh, avoiding putting him in there because of the comments he made a couple years ago. So,
0: absolutely, it's because of his off the field yeah. activities and ventures, what have you. Derek Jeter and Larry Walker are in. First of all, I'm just happy for Larry Walker, a guy who got it done on both sides of the ball. Seven-time Gold Glover, three-time Silver Slugger. His last time on the ballot, and he gets in by six votes. I'm happy for him. Just the second Canadian ever into the Hall of Fame.
1: He's also the second year in a row that somebody gets in on their last year on their last year on the ballot. Last year it was Edgar Martinez. Mm-hmm. I think he's only the sixth or eighth player all time to make it on their last year on the ballot.
0: And he made uh, made the largest jump of anybody from one year to another. Last year he was pulling in the mid-50s. This year against 76, he needs 75 to qualify for the Hall of Fame. I'm happy about it. I'm glad Larry Walker is in. What I'm not happy about is what happened with Derek Jeter because he did get 99.7% of the vote. That's the largest ever for a position player. He's in the Hall of Fame, and we knew that was going to happen going into last night, but we wondered, will he be the second-ever unanimous pick? And he missed it by one vote, and I just cannot figure out for the life of me why, and I don't know why I'm upset so, I'm so upset about it, because, I mean, this is a Yankee guy, and I get he's done a lot more than, you know, just be a Yankee, what he said, like what you said during the break, it goes well beyond the uniform, but why does this bother me so bad, it's because I feel like the guy who did not vote for Jeter, whoever this is, did a disservice to baseball, and is not taken the role the responsibility the privilege of being a hall of fame voter as he should as seriously as he should
1: well you can look at it this way right the only other player to the only player to be unanimously voted into the hall of fame mariano rivera Mm -hmm. of course he is a yankee and the whole idea a lot of people were saying that uh they only want the unanimous vote to be for people who are just tremendous no doubters absolutely you have to do it
0: and I, Jeter.
1: I would have absolutely voted for, I think Bonds is too. But, <laughs> but um, I would have voted for Jeter, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I can see where somebody would say, Jeter never won an MVP. Mm-hmm. Jeter was never con- was never considered the greatest ever shortstop. Was there ever a time where it was, oh, by far. He's by far the best shortstop mm-hmm. ever in baseball. Because Mariano Rivera, for a long time, and probably still is, people are saying he's the greatest closer of all time. Mm-hmm. But Jeter was never that for a shortstop. So as great as he was, I don't think it was bonafide, 1,000%. He's the best ever at that position, and I think that that's the one vote.
0: See, I don't like that argument because I'm not saying that Jeter should have been the first ever unanimous position player. Because maybe he wasn't the greatest shortstop ever, but I think there are a lot of other guys that should have been unanimous before Jeter, like Griffey. Who, yeah, who wouldn't vote for Griffey? Who wouldn't vote for Tony Gwynn? I mean, these guys are sure Hall of Famers. I can't believe we haven't had a unanimous position player yet. Who
1: wouldn't vote for Babe Ruth? Who wouldn't vote? Right, for, right, yeah, all, all these incredible greats that we keep talking about to this day. Uh, and I think it's that whole uh, it's that whole argument where before there was a unanimous player, it was I don't want there to ever be a unanimous player. Mm-hmm. Is what people were saying because just having a unanimous player makes it seem less uh, che- makes it seem less admirable to make it to the Hall of Fame in general because if one player can garner everybody's respect, then all of a sudden it's like, why doesn't every player garner mm-hmm. that, right? And I think it's the same thing with. Um, well, well, it's a part of the reason why the MLB Hall of Fame, why Cooperstown, is the most highly regarded Hall of Fame. The Basketball Hall of Fame is a joke to some people. Mm-hmm. The NHL Hall of Fame is a joke to some people. The NFL Hall of Fame is a joke to a lot of people, right? Jamal Crawford's going to make the, bas- the Basketball Hall of Fame as a career sixth man. Lou Williams. He's, he'll probably make it too. <laughs> and that's a joke. <laughs> the MLB Hall of Fame is the only one that takes it 1,000% seriously. You can only vote for 10 people each year. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that about Major League Baseball. I love that. And I think that it just goes into that, where baseball is so pure. Baseball is so old-timey. But, like, it still works in a sense, for me at least. I know it doesn't work for a lot of people. But uh, I love that about it, where you can say, hey, th- I don't want a unanimous player, because that just downgrades the admirity, if that's a word.
0: But if you do that, you're letting your personal bias take away from who really is the most deserving player. Like, I don't want... Are
1: we taking away from a most deserving player? Because Jeter got 99.7% of the vote.
0: I don't see any argument saying saying he shouldn't be a Hall of Fame. By not casting a vote for Jeter, that person said Derek Jeter's not a Hall of Famer to me.
1: Not a Hall of Famer this year.
0: I just, I don't get why it would change from one year to another.
1: Well, then why would Larry Walker be in the Hall
0: of Fame? Well, because enough people decided, yeah, there's enough people. Yeah, but see,
1: why why would it change eventually? Because there's a big
0: difference between if you can only pick 10 guys. There's a big difference between Larry Walker and Derek Jeter. And if you can only pick 10 guys, Larry Walker is going to be in the top 10 for some people, Derek Jeter is going to be the top 10 for everybody.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, keep in mind, you don't have to vote for 10. Mm-hmm. You don't have to vote for You don't for have to, no. The only ballots I've seen, they voted for six and seven people. Obviously, I think Derek Jeter was deserving. Mm-hmm. But to say he had to have been unanimous, I think that... I, I could, like. Obviously, I can't see because I would vote for him. Mm-hmm. But I can understand somebody not wanting him to be unanimous. Not wanting to keep that unanimous claim as so
0: only one person... Ever, But that's doing a disservice to your job, to having the responsibility, the privilege of being a baseball voter. It's well, not hey, your job to say being unanimous is too privileged for just one guy to have or for this guy to have. It's not your job to decide that. It's your job to vote for the ten best players. Until we figure
1: out who made that one vote, uh, what if he just didn't think Derek Jeter was worthy this year?
0: I, I don't see why, but I think he, he you, should you, never you, be allowed you, you to vote see, again.
1: You don't see you Really? Wow. Uh, no.
0: No. And here's the only other argument that I can think of, you know, that Tim Kirchin brought up, and he's about as good of a baseball insider as one could think, and it's that the reasoning that Derek Jeter doesn't need my help to get in. So I know everyone else is going to vote for Jeter. He doesn't need my help to get in. He's a sure first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm going to vote for one of these other guys, like Larry Walker, who might be on the bubble and try to get him in. And if they did that, if that was the reasoning behind it, they also should never Except- be allowed to vote again because that is doing a disservice. <laughs> that is doing a disservice to your job and the privilege of being a Baseball Hall of Fame voter. And
1: even still, if that was the case, looking at the ballot this year, I don't know if there was 10 people that I, I would vote for. No. Manny Ramirez was probably like... <laughs> There were, like, five or six people that were like, you have to vote for these people. And I wouldn't even put Larry Walker on that list. Mm-hmm. I, Larry Walker was not a you-must-vote-for. Bonds and Clemens were. <laughs> uh, and then and then Jeter. So maybe even just three people. Sure. And, uh, I, I also would have voted for Cliff Lee.
0: Let me, I'm glad you brought him up, because I've got a list of the guys who are not going to qualify for next year's Hall of Fame vote, and that is below 5% of the vote. Let me... Give this list to you, Mike, and you tell me which of these guys you think are deserving or not.
1: Are deserving of what?
0: Of getting on to next year's ballot or not.
1: getting on to next year's ballot. All
0: right, so yay or nay, 2.5%, 10 votes, Paul Canerco. No. No, not for next year's ballot. 1.5% each, six votes each for Jason Giambi and Alfonso Soriano. No,
1: Alfonso Soriano was the most overrated player in baseball for several (laughs) years of his career.
0: 0.5% of the vote, which was two votes last night, for Eric Chavez and Cliff Lee.
1: Cliff Lee deserves it. (laughs) Er Eric Chavez does not. Eric Chavez was a fantastic fielder, but sort of fell off toward the end of his career. He wasn't enough of a hitter to make it. Um, But Cliff Lee definitely deserves it. He was the greatest control pitcher the game has arguably ever seen Mm -hmm. and continued to the end of his career to be a dominant pitcher he won a Cy Young award I don't think he ever won a world series which is the only knock I can I can give on him but Cliff Lee was so good he holds the record for best strikeout to walk ratio for a pitcher in a season 14 to 1 14 strikeouts Mm -hmm. to every one
0: walk gosh I love Cliff Lee yeah but I think Hughes did that one year too no, <laughs> Cliff Lee's way better than Phil Hughes. <laughs> that's Come what I'm on. saying, I know, but... How did, I, I have no idea how
1: Cliff Lee only got .2% of the vote.
0: You think he'll be a Hall of Famer someday?
1: No, because he's off the ballot now. Well, th- for next year. Wait, wait, what are you talking oh. about?
0: Just for next year. I, ho- I, I hope know, so, man. I know, I know. Each getting one vote, so 0.3% of the vote. Adam Dunn, Brad Penny, J.J. Putz, and Raul Labanez. None of them. Someone voted for Brad Penny.
1: Somebody voted for Raul Ibanez. <laughs> um Raul Ibanez wasn't good ever, but had one really good postseason run, and somebody thought Brad's that, that was matters. enough. <laughs> Someone thought that was enough.
0: You yeah. Know, I, I uh, like JJ Putts too.
1: JJ Putts had a good slider. That's mm. it.
0: Brad Penny for one he had like a stretch of like three years where he would maybe even five, I should say. He was the Dodgers ace, but that wasn't near long enough. and He, he also probably, had a good run with the Cardinals, didn't he? Mm, I wouldn't say good. His best year's worth at the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But Brad Penny, I don't know about being a Hall of Famer. All these guys got no votes. Josh Beckett, Heath Bell, Rafael Furcal, Carlos Pena, Brian Roberts, Jose Valverde, and Sean Figgins. I brought back some
1: memories. Sean, the oddest spelling of Sean ever. <laughs> um, Heath Bell, I think, maybe deserved a couple votes. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: Maybe Rafael for call too, but everybody mm-hmm. else I can see getting no votes. What about
0: uh, Carlos Peña? Eh. Yeah,
1: nah, no. I'm sure he'll be upset over that will be network, but <laughs> he, he's fine.
0: I nah. tell you what, with the results of last night, with Derek Jeter getting in, uh, Larry Walker as well. Now, thirteen of the thirty major league baseball players from the 2001 video game Backyard Baseball are in the Hall of Fame. You play that growing up?
1: Yeah, was and you know, you know game? who else was in that? Who? Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was in it, <laughs> but steroids. Yeah, well... Um, Kurt Schilling was in Sammy it, too. Sammy Sosa's definitely not going to make it. He's, he's barely getting enough to mm-hmm. stay on the ballot in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you call that a video game growing up, backyard-based? Yeah. Because he played it on the computer.
1: Yeah, any sort of thing where you're not outside, <laughs> uh, where you're playing on the screen. <laughs> That's a video game.
0: Tell you what, when does Pablo get on the get on the ballot?
1: Uh, dude, he might be enough. What's it called? Uh, Abdon Costello made it, so... Pablo in A made couple it. Of years, uh, Pablo Sanchez could make it. Pablo
0: Sanchez absolutely should make it as like the first non-human ever into the baseball non-human Hall Non-human
1: <laughs> ever. I mean, there there have been balls and stuff that have made it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I
0: guess. Yeah. How about non-human persona? Kind of. How about
1: virtual avatar?
0: I mean, that guy was the original five-tool athlete.
1: Mm-hmm. It wasn't Griffey Well, I, I guess you could say Ty Cobb was originally. Nope.
0: Wasn't Ty Cobb. Wasn't Griffey No. Nope. No? Was Pablo it wasn't Paul Molitor. It was Pablo Sanchez.
1: Athlete. Virtual athlete.
0: Nope. Just anything. Oh, okay. He was ir- <laughs> my guy Pablo. Ah, uh, let's take our next time out when we come back. It's Z Day in the NBA. Plus, we'll play mix and match with NFL quarterbacks next on ESPN UP.
1: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP
0: app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops, John Michael hopefully I'm with you. Glad that you're along as always. Here's your Sports Center update. Evansville has fired head men's basketball coach Walter McCarty amid sexual misconduct allegations. The Purple Aces were 9-4 and under McCarty, which included a win at then top-ranked Kentucky earlier this year. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, that was a big win, and now they are without a coach. And he
1: probably partied a little too hard. Uh, after.
0: Maybe a little bit. They went 0-6 under the interim coach, and then last night they hired Todd Licklider, formerly the head coach at Iowa and Butler, and those tenures... Did not leave a very good taste in those fan bases' mouths. I can tell. I was around in Iowa yeah. during the Licklider days. Former Arizona State head football coach Todd Graham is back. Graham is the new head coach at Hawaii, replacing Nick Rolovich. Graham has also served as head coach at Tulsa, Pitt, and Rice. Todd Graham in Hawaii, just to me, doesn't sound like a good mix, but... They're making it work. And finally, sunglasses are used today as protective eyewear, but their origin dates back to 12th century China when trial judges wore tinted lenses over their eyes to cover their facial expressions while hearing cases. Did you know that? No. Are you more surprised that sunglasses have been around 900 years or that that's the reason they were invented?
1: No, I'm not surprised that they were around 900 years. You take a look at a lot of things. Like, who would have thought popcorn was around, like, 5,000 years ago mm. that's like the earliest dated use of popcorn right who would have thought that right so it's just what they were used for I think is a little more surprising
0: Tanner Hoops John Michael? hopefully with you glad that you're along as always the NBA's got a ratings problem but can Zion bring it back up the much-awaited NBA debut of Zion Williams tonight I don't know that we've had anyone in the NBA who we've anticipated their debut more since LeBron honestly I don't think we anticipated Kevin Durant like we did LeBron or like we are with Zion tonight.
1: No, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Zion's going to be a huge thing, it's going to be a huge deal, but if he if he keeps up this injury proneness that he's shown his mm-hmm. last year in college and his first year in the NBA, then it's going to turn into nothing and really quick. Give him two years, but if he continues to not play, then... It's going to be a problem.
0: It was diagnosed as a six to eight week injury. It's now been 13 since his diagnosis. He was talking about he wanted to punch a wall during rehab. Now he's ready to get back well, onto the court. I can't I, wait.
1: I think you have to wait. If this guy is as generational as people think he mm-hmm. is, I don't I don't think he is. But if he is as generational as people think he is, you have to be as 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 cautious as you do. possible.
0: Yeah, I I should say I can't wait to watch him play, to get to see him on an NBA floor like we will tonight at nine thirty. ESPN TV has the coverage. They take on San Antonio. I tell you what, the Pelicans aren't necessarily out of the race for a playoff spot either. No. Injecting a guy like Zion into it?
1: I mean, they're second to last in the West,
0: right? Well, they're still not out of it because the West is kind of top-heavy. Well, we'll yeah,
1: very top-heavy. The top seven teams are all really good. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the eighth-place team, which is like the Grizzlies or the Spurs, and they just aren't <laughs> so the, far this year
0: the pelicans are currently three and a half games out of playoff position so there's a Does shot that mean the
1: warriors are only like five and a half games
0: the warriors are 11 games out Oh, okay they're 11 way games way out available. of playoff position. so so it's
1: so it's one to seven are really good eight to 14 are all right and then 15 just no just awful
0: there is a five game gap between oklahoma city in seventh place and memphis who's in eighth mm mm-hmm. how about that yeah so the Pelicans are getting Zion back. Jeff Van Gundy, who's going to have the call tonight on ESPN TV, was on Golik and Wingo earlier today. He believes that the acquisition of Zion through the draft this year saved basketball in New Orleans because you've got a team that no one really cares about. You've got a stadium that needs to be renovated. I mean, it's it's well past its prime down there. They don't have really an explosive fan base. Everyone cares about the Saints down there. Well, people everybody, care more about LSU.
1: Everybody cared about uh, Anthony Davis, too. And mm-hmm. it was just like, with the, everybody knew he was going to be gone this year. You didn't so care about them. Yeah, so it's just like, it, without Anthony Davis, there was going to be no star to, to do. So uh, they are glad that they got Brandon Ingram, of course. And I, I'm, I was happy that they got Lonzo Ball, too, because I think Lonzo Ball is better than people give him credit for. But, yeah, getting another absolute megastar, and Zion Williamson definitely saved and definitely helped New Orleans basketball.
0: Did you ever watch the movie Daddy's Home with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember... I love that movie, by the way. Do you remember they went to the Pelicans playoff game and they lived... Apparently they lived in the New Orleans area because they were in uh, New Orleans for the game... And they were Laker fans. The son was a Laker fan. I mean, nobody in that area cares about Pelicans basketball. I'd never even thought about that. Wow,
1: that's interesting.
0: (laughs) He was a Kobe fan.
1: Yeah, you got to be, man. You got to respect the game. I I know a lot of people that just, uh, I mean, for for example, our very own Tyree Smith over at ABC10, he doesn't Mm -hmm. care about any particular team in the NBA, but he's a LeBron fan. So, yeah.
0: When is Tyree coming back on the show? Why do they keep him so busy over
1: there? Uh, dude, that's my fault. Sorry. I keep, I'm keep i the one that keeps him busy. We
0: miss Tyree.
1: Do you? Yeah. Fine. I guess I'm not saying we don't him. miss you. Okay, fine. We get the you trifecta going. We'll have the 18 here
0: again on Wednesdays. Tell you what, let's play a little quarterback mix and match here before we come up on the break. Now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give Michael a quarterback and a team, quarterback that could be on the move next season, and you tell me, Michael, whether... That would be a good fit for him or not. Okay. All right, here we go. Cam Newton and the Chicago Bears.
1: Nope, bad fit.
0: Bad fit. Why is that?
1: Uh, Matt Nagy doesn't really seem like he's an offense that relies on a mobile quarterback. I think he relies more on short screen passes and uh, the Cam, run though? game. No, because Cam has no accuracy. Yeah, that's he, why he
0: threw short passes.
1: No, he has no accuracy in the short game either. Yeah, I've seen him miss the screen passes all the time. I don't think that... Uh, I don't think he'd be a reliable quarterback. If you want Cam Newton to be around, he needs to be in a Kansas City-style offense, which is roam around the pocket, take off if you need to, because he's not as mobile as he used to be, but you can also look to run if you want to. So I think he needs to be in a Kansas City, more West Coast-style offense, and I don't think Chicago brings
0: that. Okay. How about Phillip Rivers and the Tennessee Titans?
1: No, there's – well, I don't think it's a good match because I think they're sticking with Tannehill.
0: But well, what think, if they don't? Is what I'm saying.
1: Then I'd still rather have Mariota than I would Philip Rivers really? at this point. Yeah. Well, if we're taking age into account, like, what are you going to sign Philip Rivers to a what? A two-year deal? One-year deal?
0: Probably. A lot uh, cheaper than Tannehill, and you can re-sign Derek Henry. But Tannehill
1: that. just had one of the best seasons of all time in terms of completion percentage and yards per attempt, and he just brought you to an AFC Championship game. Mike Vrabel said he would cut off his member to win a playoff mm-hmm. game, and then you go on and win a Super Bowl? two. No, he said a playoff game.
0: No, he said a Super Bowl.
1: Did he? He did. I'm going to look this up (laughs) while I continue this thing, but in general, I don't think it would be a good fit.
0: Uh, While you're continuing to look that up, um, Marcus Mariota is another interesting one because he's a guy that some guys could covet, some teams could covet. So let me go back to the Chicago Bears and poise Marcus Mariota to the Bears for you.
1: It's the same sort of thing, where I think Marcus Mariota is more of a West Coast-style offense. I think he's a little bit more uh, accurate than Cam Newton, so I think that it would work better than Cam Newton, but I still don't think that Mariota would fit into that. If you're going to take somebody into, um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo in Chicago's offense would be great. I think Tom Brady in Chicago's offense Mm -hmm. would be great, which I, is that going to be one you're going to bring up later? Tom Brady to Chicago? I think that'd be phenomenal, but uh, Marcus Mariota, I think he's just too much of a gotta-move-around Got to do my thing, which is running around uh, to fit in that offense. Can
0: they go with a pocket passing quarterback though, with that offensive line that's regressed since last year? Plus, they lose Kyle Long.
1: Yeah, you can have teams with you can have bad offensive lines, but still a pocket quarterback. I'd say that Russell Wilson is more of a pocket quarterback now than he is a mobile quarterback Hmm. and the Seahawks have a terrible offensive line like he's still mobile enough to move outside the pocket but he's definitely not a running quarterback anymore like Mariota or Cam Newton is and you can say that Cam Newton's not a running quarterback anymore because he doesn't run as often but he doesn't have the accuracy he doesn't have the good decision making necessary to be a pocket quarterback so he needs to run around to have success which makes me think he's still a running quarterback
0: how about Derek Carr and the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Derek Carr, I think, would be good for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, I just don't think they have the money. I don't think they have the I don't either, space. but would
0: he be a good fit with that style?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess. I just don't think Derek Carr is. I think Derek Carr has reached his, his peak already. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that John Gruden is sort of trying to. Expand what it, what Derek Carr could be, but I just don't think Derek Carr has what it takes, and again, to be an MVP candidate like he was that one time. I don't see Derek Carr working anywhere else.
0: I was going to say Derek Carr in Carolina.
1: I don't I don't think it, I don't think no? it works anywhere else really? I, I think that no matter no matter who you get in Carolina it's going to be Christian McCaffrey's show it's going to be Christian McCaffrey's team so no matter who you put in Carolina, I just don't see it happening. I don't see Derek Carr working anywhere else either.
0: I don't think you've said yes to any of my suggestions yet so Der- let's see if I can find Der- one that-
1: Derek Carr, he's so bland and vanilla I think that you would have to find a diamond in the rough and I like obviously nobody knows what that is because it's a diamond in the rough so.
0: Derek Carr to the Indianapolis Colts?
1: You give him T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> you give, like, it worked with Darren Waller, and I think Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle are two of the best tight ends in the league as a tandem. So maybe that could work, but uh, like I said, I just, Derek Carr's too vanilla. I don't think it, it would really... Derek Carr wouldn't take a team to a title contender role, I don't think.
0: Let's do a hybrid one of these. Next year, not this coming season, but the following season, once Kirk Cousins' contract is up, Teddy Bridgewater returns to Minnesota after backing up Drew Brees one more year. I could see that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he's already worked once in Minnesota system. You get a arguably better coaching staff now. Like, yeah, you lose Kevin Stefanski, but is Kevin Stefanski actually that good? Because you have one of the best offensive uh, personnel units in the NFL, and still, you can't you can't manage to put up more than ten in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that's a bit of a problem. Uh, but I think that putting him in a situation with Kyle Rudolph, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, and Adam Thielen, it's just too good to pass up. And hey. I think Teddy already worked well with the Saints. Of course, he never lost mm. with the Saints. So, yeah, it could work.
0: Hey, you like that one. All right. I How about like let's keep going with Teddy? How about Teddy to the Las Vegas Raiders?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I really like Well, one, because I like Teddy as a quarterback. Teddy never, Gruden. As long as Teddy can stay healthy, I think he, he's a good quarterback. Uh, John Gruden, he's adjusting to the new style of play, which means I think he's trying to go more West Coast, which doesn't work with Derek Carr, but with Josh Jacobs and Teddy Bridgewater, I think that could work a lot. You a lot more rollouts, a lot more play action and stuff like that. I think it could definitely work.
0: Jameis Winston to the Vegas Raiders.
1: No, you need a quarterback coach for Jameis Winston. And I think Bruce Arians is legitimately the best fit you could have for Jameis Winston. So, if you're going to say Jameis Winston to anywhere, I think Tampa Bay is literally the best possible fit for Jameis.
0: I don't think Bruce Arians likes Jameis.
1: I don't think he does either. (laughs) Uh, And I don't think anybody else is going to like him if he leaves Tampa Bay.
0: (laughs) How about we do a little family tie as we go full circle, Eli Manning to the Indianapolis Colts?
1: No, I think Jacoby Brissett at this point in his career is as good, if not better, than Eli Manning Mm -hmm. is, so... Uh, Eli Manning might be a good mentor for whoever the Indianapolis Colts pick in this year's draft, but I think that'd be it.
0: Did you see that, I don't mean to get off topic here before we hit the break, but did you see that a brewing company in New Jersey made a custom beer for Eli Manning? Good. You know that whole story about how Eli had a beer guy in every stadium, and after a game he'd sit in the back of the team bus with the offensive line, and they just Pound cold ones after the game and break down what happened. You know Dude, that whole Eli story. Eli
1: sounds like your kind of guy. Eli's a
0: baller, man. I'd like to go pound a few with Eli. Why not? <laughs> but anyway, this uh, this New Jersey brewery, they just came out with a new beer this week. And it's called, I don't know how to pronounce it, because it's Elite Tribute, but the E-L-I in Elite is capitalized. Okay. So. Elite. Elite might be the, the way to say it. You know, I'm playing on words there. It just came out this week. They were selling it online. They were selling one per customer. It was like $18 for a four-pack of this Eli Manning beer, and it sold out yesterday afternoon in pre-sale. I'm like, wow. I'd love to get it. Yeah. Get my hands on that and see what that'd be like. Eli Manning?
1: I mean, I'd like my own beer.
0: Yeah, why not? I, I mean, it's, it's
1: just another thing you can add to i like it's my Super own Bowl drink. Sh- Two Super Bowl trophies, two Super Bowl MVPs, boom. And I got an IPA named after me. Yeah,
0: See, exactly. Eli's life isn't as bad as people try to make there, it after me. There's out a,
1: a sandwich shop in the Bay Area called Ike's. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's grown to Southern California too now. But every single sandwich is named after somebody famous in, uh, from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. There's the Andrew Luck. Mm. There's the Jim Harbaugh, there's the Joe Thornton, the Patrick Marlowe, stuff like that, so I, I, really, I always really like that, too. Tell there, you there's also the Bruce Wayne, which I have no idea where that <laughs> comes from. but
0: I don't think the Bay Area's got them.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, not quite.
0: We are coming up here. You know, we're probably behind schedule, what have you. So let's just take our next time out now. When we come back, which Detroit sports team has the best shot at getting back to championship contention sooner? Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the
1: UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand with the Sports Pen Podcast. Get it from our free mobile app, which you can get from the Apple Live Store, or Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and check out the on demand there. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad that you're along as always as we wind down this Wednesday afternoon. I tell you what, which Detroit sports team has the best shot at getting back to championship contention before the others. Will it be the Pistons, the Lions, the Tigers, or the Red Wings? I've been thinking about this, Mike, because I want to give a little hope to some of our Detroit area listeners, our Detroit fans, because, boy, there's not a lot of hope out there right now, not a lot of optimism. Would you
1: say that, as of late, Detroit has passed Cleveland for the Saddest Sports City
0: yeah, America. Cleveland's won a title here the last couple of years. Yeah. They were in another championship. They should have won the last couple of years. Yeah. Have you decided? Do you?
1: Well, okay. I want to take you through my thought process. On this. Okay. By the way, did you see this? With Patrick Mahomes starting the Super Bowl this week, the Detroit Tigers have now drafted more starting quarterbacks for a Super Bowl than the Detroit Lions yep. have.
0: More I playoff think- wins, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. How about that? Um, I think the Detroit Lions, though, are the team that's closest. Really?
0: Is that who you had? No. Oh, okay. But tell me why. Tell me why you think it's the
1: Vikings. Well, like, take a look at this division, right? Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Vikings, I think, are the most talented roster, but they don't have the coaching staff yet uh, to really put that into fruition. The Packers, and I'm going to upset some people here, were masquerading as a 9-7 and seven team throughout this entire season that somehow managed to go 14-4. and four. So, that's a whole nother thing, too. They were, weren't as good as I think people gave them, uh, as, as people realized. They weren't that great, and I think that that showed in their loss. I think I was more, in fact, I, as a Niners fan, was more worried about the Vikings than I was the Packers. And then the Chicago Bears are just a mess. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, until they find a quarterback, until they find something, I don't think that they're anything. Uh, okay. I don't think that they're anything. The Detroit Lions <clears throat> have a lot of good things going for them. They do? Yeah, Matthew Stafford is still a good quarterback. He is. He's still a good quarterback. He just got hurt this year. In fact, he was playing with a back injury last year. Get him fully healthy, that could be something. You lead the league and you have two bona fide good receivers. I would go as far as to say Kenny Galladay is a lead at this point. Led the league in receiving touchdowns. Should have been a Pro Bowler originally and just got added to the Pro Bowl in exchange for Chris Godwin. So... He definitely deserves it. Marvin Jones, I think, is one of the most underrated receivers in the league. TJ Hawkinson is a fantastic blocker who can also catch, which, hey, we've seen that work before with (coughs) George Kittle, so I think that that's going to turn into something good. You upgrade the offensive line a little bit, you have something there. The defensive line is fine. Maybe get another pass rusher. If I was Detroit, I would try to trade up for Chase Young because we know he's going to be good, but trade up for Chase Young. The kitchen sink. Sell everything for Chase Young at this point, because you need a pass rush. In terms of the secondary, I mean, Darius Soleil, I know a lot of Detroit fans love him and a lot of Detroit fans hate him, but nonetheless, you can't deny that the secondary ain't as bad as it was. Like, yeah, Quandre Diggs, that loss is huge, but you'll build something up. And let's face it, in this day and age, a secondary isn't necessary at this point. The only three things that are necessary to win win in football are a good quarterback, a good coach, and a good pass rush, and a good offensive line. So four things, but you don't need the offensive line as much. I mean, take a look at Seattle this year. So if you can get Chase Young, put him on the opposite side of Trey Flowers. When Mike Daniels gets healthy, maybe that's another guy on the uh, interior of that defensive line. But all of a sudden, that's three solid pass rushers on your D-line. You already have a good quarterback. You have the weapons to surround them with. If you can get a little bit more offensive line depth, that is seriously a contender in a pretty weak division in the NFC that doesn't have a bona fide uh, standout team that's going to run away with it for the next 10 years. You got a good pick. Don't waste it this year.
0: The only flaw I can find in your reasoning is that there is absolutely zero chance, a negative chance of them getting Chase Young.
1: The, the, I would trade everything. Will I not w- happen. I would trade my next. Will r- not I would trade the my next three first round picks.
0: There is no way Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are going to miss the chance to get JCM. Trade everything. Absolutely trade no way they this would year's first it.
1: round pick, next year's first round pick, and the year after's first round pick for this first round pick and a sixth round pick.
0: Doesn't sound like something Martha Ford would sign off on
1: you got to do it. Chase Young's worth it, folks. Chase, Young, it. Chase Young's worth it.
0: The problem for Matt Stafford, as talented as he is, is that he's still coached by Matt Patricia, who I don't think is the answer there. Yeah,
1: but he's got one more year.
0: His general manager is Bob Quinn, who I'm still not sure about. I'm tending to lean that he's not the answer either. And Martha Ford, as iconic as she is, I mean, she's just not a good owner.
1: Yeah, well, that could be the case. But I don't think you need a good owner and a great GM. Sure to win to win To win games, I mean... Well, one, if if they trade up for Chase Young, which I definitely think they, they should do. They need to, but they,
0: they won't be able to get him.
1: Uh, why won't, like, do uh, you think three first-round picks wouldn't be worth it?
0: Uh, it'd be tough to pass up on, but... You have two defensive-minded guys picking the Khalil spot. Mack Rivera, was worth
1: Khalil Mack was two worth two first-round picks and two third-round picks I in know. exchange for two second-round. I know, picks. but that was
0: a proven guy. That was a proven guy instead of a kid coming Dude, out of college. Chase
1: Young is more proven than Nick Bosa. I, I think. think and Look how good great Nick great Bosa was.
0: I know, but that's that's tough when you have two defensive-minded coaches in their first year with that squad picking at that spot.
1: I don't know. You have to get Chase Young. I'm so high on Chase Young, you can call me Superman. Because, like, there is zero chance that anybody is even close to Chase Young in Defensive Rookie of the Year voting next year. Nobody's going to be even close. If there was an overall Rookie of the Year, it would be Chase Young in a landslide next year.
0: The problem for me, though, with Detroit is not just that they have talent right now and they're not getting it right with Patricia and maybe Bob Quinn. They haven't got it right for 20 years. I mean, they've won three playoff games since 2000. I mean, this is a long-standing thing where they just can't get it right, whether it be the head coach or the GM. Martha Ford is the common denominator. As long as she's there, I don't know Detroit is going to get to playoff contention. Well, let, well, let's, I should say Super Bowl contention. Let's
1: see. Let's let's hear your side of this. Well, what's the team that you think is the closest? I
0: believe that the next Detroit team that's going to get back to legit title contention is the Red Wings. Okay, I do. I think that they've got a youth movement going on. They have a general manager who's proven that he can build a roster from the ground up. I think in a couple of. I mean, it's going to take time. It's not going to be an overnight thing by any stretch. And I just don't believe Jeff Blaschel is the guy. And I like Jeff blashell, I really do. He's a UP guy. It just feels right that he should be coaching Michigan's team. I just don't believe he's the guy. I really don't. And I like Jeff Blaschel. i met Jeff Blashill. He's a great guy. I just don't believe he's the guy with the Red Wings. You have so many teams in this league playing the coaching carousel and just circling up other guys' you know, sloppy seconds, for lack of a better word. John Hines has a new job after getting fired this year. Peter DeBoer has a new job after getting fired this year. Everybody's riding the hockey coach carousel, and the Red Wings continue to stick with Blaschel, even though there's no improvement. To me, I just I don't think it's going to be with him. I do think, though, that they've got talent on that roster, they've got a lot of young talent on that roster, and if they draft well, which Iserman has shown that he can do, he can build a good enough roster that can get them back to contending for a championship.
1: So your whole thing about the Red Wings is they're close, and they can do it, but there's one guy that's sort of holding them back.
0: I just don't think it'll be with Blaschel.
1: Well, that's the same thing you sort of said for Detroit, for the Lions, I should say, is you think Martha Ford's holding them back. And I know the owner is way harder to get rid of than a head coach, mm-hmm. but... I, I think well. I think it's sort of the same sort of thing, and I think the Red Wings are a little farther away because I do think hockey is a little more fickle, which means I think that oh, you know, the Red Wings might make the playoffs uh, before the Lions do next. But if we're talking about the next great Detroit franchise, uh, I think that the the Lions could legitimately be three to four years, maybe even two years away from that.
0: But the thing is that. Iserman is giving fans reason to be optimistic. He has a track record of being successful, building successful teams. Martha Ford does not. That's why I believe that the Red Wings can do it. I'm not, I just want to clarify. I don't think Jeff Blaschel's a bad coach. Sometimes places just aren't good fits for it. I don't think Detroit is a fit for Jeff Blaschel.
1: There was one thing I wanted to say. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Detroit Lions were given one thousand, well, sorry, 10,000 to 1 odds to win next year's Super Bowl. Mm.
0: There's
1: a chance. Which means... You have to go put money on that (laughs) Anytime anybody gives you 10,000 to one odds You take it You put down one dollar You're walking away with 10,000 if they win the Super Bowl And uh, there were four teams that were given 10,000 to one odds And I think that they're the most likely I think Washington maybe Might be up there too But Mm -hmm. it was Washington, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Arizona Maybe Arizona too Maybe Maybe, but I, I don't see it with Arizona I don't see Cliff Kingsbury working out
0: Which team are you least confident in that's got to get back to title contention for Detroit? The Detroit Pistons. Really?
1: Because there's a really good saying by the Portland Trailblazers' GM... I can't remember his name, but I remember it was in, like, 2015. He said, it's hard to become a better team when you're riding the treadmill of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Because basketball is such a top-heavy sport. We were talking to Matt Makrzak yesterday, and he said, in basketball, it always comes down to your top two guys. But when you're consistently riding that treadmill of mediocrity, you're consistently 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th in the division, and you can't get a lottery pick to go in your favor you're only going to be picking the second- or third-tier guys. Mm-hmm. You can get a diamond in the rough with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, but when you're consistently picking 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, in that area, you're never going to get the cream of the crop, and that's never going to bring you into contention, especially in the
0: NBA. So Basketball purgatory. Yeah,
1: the, you're just stuck there. Like I think that a team like the Atlanta Hawks or a team like the um, Sacramento Kings is actually closer to contention Than the Detroit Pistons are.
0: Real quick here, uh, I'll give you mine before we sign off. I think it's the Tigers. I think the Tigers are farther away than any other team just because of the way they've tried to rebuild through their farm system. They did it the right way, they did it the way that you're supposed to rebuild. Just none of those guys have panned out. I mean, they they work yeah, up give guys Casey like Mize some time. I know, I know, but they work up guys like Jamer Candelario through the system, Doell Lugo, and Harold Castro, and they're like, you just got to give these guys some time to develop in the minors, bring them up, they'll be everyday players for us. Problem is, they're not good once they get up to the majors.
1: I still like Jamer.
0: <sighs> A I, I want to like him on his if, good if, days. If, he's if, really if, fun. if
1: Jamer can take more pitches, I think I think he'll be fine.
0: Casey Mize might save Alavila's job if he Maybe. lasts this season. Maybe. Tell you what, though. That's it for us, man. Just going a little over time today, but sorry, Will Kane. It's all good. Uh, appreciate you being here, my man. You talked a little bit earlier about what's coming up at ABC 10, but remind us here.
1: Oh, of course, we got the Thursday throwdown with Nolan Kent. Going to be mm-hmm. a very good one. We had the entire NMU hockey team was watching us at one point, so I don't think we ever put, put Pan the camera on them, but they were all watching and they were all cheering for Nolan. So that was a really good time, and that's going to be airing tomorrow at 5, 30, 10, and 11.
0: Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling, with you. That's it for us. Back on tomorrow, same time and place. Four Eastern, three Central. Until then, I'm Tanner Hoops for ESPN UPWZ. I'm Ishbuming Marquette.